Welcome to Wednesday Comics. To my left, AP18 himself. Alex, how you doing? Hello, everybody. I'm doing well. To my right, GW himself. Garrett, how you doing? Doing good. My name is Marvin. Here again, Wednesday Comics Podcast for Tuesday, November 8th, 2022. And also talking about the comics coming on the 9th, uh, per usual, as they <laughs> usually do with these comic books on the Wednesdays, except for DC. Which also, I did see the Dark House. Dark House? No, Dark Horse. Dark horse i think they also switched their publishing to penguin um similar to what dc did so uh diamond doesn't really have uh all the comics anymore so that's kind of weird um kind of weird you know if you you have a monopoly on anything eventually somebody's gonna find a way to be like if we take a hit for a little bit We'll be able to. That's what Amazon did, basically, back in the day, you know. And I don't like Amazon these days is a, a horrible, evil company. But back in the day, like they would take the hit and sell things and make no money on it, or even like have to uh, lose money on it, um, just so that they could get customers. And once they're your customers and you and they're loyal to that, then they stick around. And so it became a. a a thing of like just the mass of stuff they would buy through Amazon eventually started turning a profit. So, and then that's how they got rid of their competitors like Barnes and Noble, Borders Books. Remember Borders Books, Alex? I do. I do. I, I remember Borders. Yeah, you don't remember Borders. You were two. I do too. I know. I was two, and you guys were like twenty. <laughs> that's when I got. That's when I got all my spin cities at. You guys were probably there when they opened. <laughs> Me and Alex used to. Yeah, we used to get comics there. Well, hey, when they were when they were closing, I got some graphic novels there. I know that. Ugh. Borders. What else kind of bookstores? Are they? They, bookstores were like something you would Walden. see. What's there that? Walden Books. Walden Books. Hey, that's the one I was thinking of. Walden Books. Ooh. Which is the one that was in the mall? Walden? Yeah, it was Walden Books. But Bo- both of them were. Yeah, both oh, were okay. there. Yeah, see, you could have two. Um, Walden's was down there by the JCPenney. And now it's that fucking books or the fucking shoe store. And then um, Borders was right there across from the food court, the new food court. Uh, that's the one I was thinking of. So by the food court, right across from the Hot Topic. Hot Topic's still there. You know, that's yep. always going to be around because you could all sell, you know, a Naruto shirt and a Nightmare Before Christmas shirt. So it's always going to be there. Hot Topic. Um, here's the comics coming out this week. Uh, Black Panther week. We were talking about before the show, Garrett's going out to um, be the Black Panther and hunt something. So he will uh, not be seeing it this week i won't and i'm really sad because i do really want to see it like i've been excited for this out of the the mid that is phase four for a while so 88 percent on rotten tomatoes right now so it's doing pretty good uh that's great it's actually uh settled there and i think it will settle about 88 87 um uh alex uh, had told uh, garrett he uh it might wait for him next week and go see it uh i might Go see it this weekend, and then who knows next week? Well, maybe we can make a day out of it. I'll see you for the second time, and I'll try to hold mm. the spoilers. You know, I won't show you the tower blowing. <laughs> Whoa! Thank God you're not hashtag guest hey. host one. And say, is your brother seeing it this weekend? Uh, I imagine he's going. Thursday yeah, I was gonna night. say. You, t- you tell that piece of garbage, keep his shit to himself. He's not. He's not going hunting, is he? He's not. No. Yeah. See, he's gonna go then. He yeah. obviously knows that he has. He has his morals in place and says he's not going to kill an animal. Instead, he's going to go see one. 
You know, Black Panther. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I only mean that. I don't mean that. It sounded weird coming. Now that I think about it, it sounds kind of weird. I just mean that a Black Panther is usually an animal. Uh, I don't mean who we'll see on screen. <laughs> oh my god, dude, stop! All right, that uh, that six foot hole that Marvin just uh, he takes it back. He's filling it back with dirt. Um, Garrett knows. Like before the show, I said, "Hey, uh, we'll make this a a, a quick one because uh, you know, actually, I'm not that tired, but I am that tired. You know what I mean? Like I had a lot of caffeine, so my body like could stay up." But my mind's not there, you know. I, where's my mind? The, by the pixies. That's where I'm at right now. I'm I'm fight club. Well, at the I end. know I know what it is because we're reading the wake, and it's it's I getting it. borderline end league. And or what was the other one we read? Oh, Gotham, Gotham. City Year One Part Two, our number two. To be fair, which was, this, was good. This one is is still better than End League, though. It is. It the, is better than end the league. art is is still fantastic. Yeah, they are. Nice. Know, you know what? You know what, Garrett? Hit hit the. Hit, what kind of club do we have? Wednesday Comics League of Extraordinary Gentle People proudly present The Wake Part Two by Scott Snyder and Art by No, no, take it back. Start what? over. To what? You said Part Two. It is Part Two. It's Issue Nine, bro. Oh, you're fucking right. Gosh, damn. <laughs> you're right. I fucked up, everybody. Uh, issue nine of the wake by Scott Snyder, Sean Murphy on art. Forgive uh, me, everybody. I believe I, thought I wasn't sleepy, but I am. I believe uh, Scott found a way to make twenty-four pages seem like six, and not in a good way. Uh, because there's a lot of like, hey, we've been doing this for a while, and just had big splash pages. He was like, you know what, Sean Murphy, how about we just throw in like twenty splash page, not splash pages, two page spreads of what we've been doing for the last 30 years, 30 years, not 30 years, um, whatever she's been doing for the last three months. And then, uh, we'll have like two pages of actually story moving it forward. So, um, that's what happened. Yeah. Stupid montages. By the way, well, oh, go ahead. I did. So like, God, this is going to be. So Gary, before the show, you mentioned that you really feel like, they're just trying to get their page count in and they really did work. We were contracted to do 10 issues. And, uh, when I say this issue, if it feels like a waste of time right now, when we get to the next issue and you see how they conclude this and they see, and you see like how big the conclusion is, you'd be like, why didn't they pad that out for like three issues? Why is it just like happen? Yeah. I mean, here's, here's my thoughts on this issue. It was starting to get, so obviously part two has been lackluster to part one, but you know, like I think one of our biggest complaints is the like the governess and like that kind of like, um, empire like, uh, mentality in this world. And so when, uh, Leeward was talking about like, we don't have any interaction with the governess, we barely see any mer people and it, you know, they're getting to where, uh, Lee Garber was, or I can't think of her name. Um, the Archer. The Archer, yeah. Um, I was like, okay, this is getting somewhere. I'm digging it. And then, of course, here comes the governess blowing up everything. And then there's mer people everywhere. <laughs> it's just like, hey, we gave you this break. Now fuck you and take in what we, we were giving you. I do like how in the last issue they're like, okay, well, if she's going to find them, it's going to be because she put a tracker on 
leeward, and that's how we're going to explain how they found him. And this issue, they didn't even give a shit. They're just like, they found him. And I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> just out of nowhere, somehow people were nowhere around, and then yet when they start attacking, then they show up out of nowhere. Um it's yeah, like, I don't get how ex- I don't get how explosions attract Murphy. And then she was like, "We grabbed a few friends on the way." And you're like, "But I know I don't know who the fuck any of these people are because you never introduced anybody else in this world." And you've had time; they've had time. Like this issue, you could have done it. But well, in this issue, they do all the montages. All they're doing is telling you, "Hey, three months have passed since I got on this mermaid ship." And we did all these cool adventures that I'm not going to tell you about. I mean, if you wanted to sell your 10-issue book, this is the way you do it. You set the story with the top five, and then you go through like a month at a time. And here we are. No, instead, you're like, here's a montage. Look at all these cool pictures that Sean had to draw, and I didn't want to write. Well, that's the thing is like, they're two-page spreads. Be like, here's all my friends. And you're like, oh, it's cool because you can see like all the different types of planes and how it looks and it looks fantastic. But then when you really think about it, you're like, why would I give a shit about any of these people? I don't know who any of those people are. I don't know anything about, and that's the thing too. It's like when he talks about like, Hey, it's been three months and they kind of like, there's that whole uh, two page spread of, of the three months and seeing like all these things. And it's like, what's with all this world building when you know your second to last issue is like, you're building a a world by just telling me about it instead of showing me about it. It's it would be the, the same if if like I if you wrote a comic and the first page just tells you about the whole world and then you just never reference it again. So what's the point? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this one at least tried. I felt. I think the art I know was you fantastic. said it was like a page waster. Yeah, the art was great, but I think like this issue tried to do something with the shit that was the second half of the story. And I will say the last page has me interested, but I, from what I've been hearing from you guys, that issue 10 is going to be a flop. But I was like, hey, that's kind of cool that maybe this would only make sense if the mer people had like a mythology like that. They're the same one of the mer persons that hypnotized that crew from the first part was like in the second part. And that's why uh, Lee Word would be seeing this person but i feel like that's not going to be the case i think it's just going to be like oh mer people they all share collective hallucinations i did on the uh <laughs> the, old, the old hoopla app there you can click on the pages thing right and by the way also i hate that when it cl- you click it every time it just goes back to the beginning like settle on the page i'm on right now i'm going to put some <laughs> feedback in and be like when i click pages it should settle on the because that's how the composology app works when you click pages it settles on the one you're at Anyways, I I did. That's how I like looked over issue ten to see if I can remember, and I saw the thing that like I am excited to talk about next week because it's fucking gonna be crazy. Um, and even seeing that, I just hearing like you're like, oh, something might come out of this. I just would be like, something is gonna come out of this. I don't know if you're gonna like it or not. And oh Jesus, this Verizon. I uh, I don't know if. You're gonna like it or not, but it certainly is gonna be uh, interesting. Um, God, I just can't wait. We should have just read both of them back to back tonight and just got it over with. I almost like, thought about like, it, but I'm like, we did nine methodical weeks of this bad boy. Let's do ten. Dude, I've borrowed know? this book from Hoopla like four times because <laughs> 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 of how long well, we've been reading. Whose it. book was this? 
This Mine. is Alex's. Alex's who's yeah. whose is next? Mine. Here's okay. Before, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, and not that this is a, like you said, as you said, Alex, I don't think this was a bad choice because the first five were fantastic and we knew going into the next, you actually even said like, let's just read the first half and, and Garrett's the one who's like, let me experience the whole thing. And so the second half is us like kind of going back and seeing, cause that first five is like even stronger than I remember. And then like, it takes such a dive that it is an interesting piece to talk about because I don't know if I've ever read a book that was conceived as like, this is the whole story and seems so way different in the second half. And also like totally in terms of narrative or even like the pacing of the way the first part was just jumps off a cliff. Like imagine the first five issues is very uh, like well-paced, gives you a little bit at a time and it's set up like a thriller and, and it's very suspenseful. And then the second half just like skips months and days and like, and totally like just show somebody will like show up and you're just like, Oh, where the fuck that person come from? Like, or even like the dolphin, you know, came out of nowhere. Uh, Dude, these pirates Dash came out of nowhere. A lot of shit. in this book, in this specific issue, it, when she slides down the, the avalanche slant with him, he's got blood on his face and then they land into the ship and he's still bleeding. I'm like, Dude, Get, let this poor dude live his own life. He doesn't need part of your team anymore. That's the thing, too. It's like in any other thing, if I told you, hey, guess what? In this comic, uh, a dolphin's going to slide down a, a snow mountain. You'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? But like it happens in this and and it 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 makes sense. But also, I don't know how we got there. You know what I mean? It's it's well, very strange. And so the thing I want to say is that it, the the first five issues even if you don't like Meeks or or you don't understand, you know, you watch the the ex-boyfriend or whatever get mauled to death. I care about those characters. I care about what's happening to them. I don't care about Leeward. I don't care about the captain. Yeah, when the I don't captain, in this issue, when he, when he gets smashed? Yeah. Who cares? Yep. Especially, yeah. But also, when he gets smashed by that huge thing, he's got a lot of energy to be like, Nah, get out of here. Take care of my ship. I'm like, dude, yeah, you'd probably be dead in seconds. Like, you still got all that energy to tell her all that information. Um, Take my sword. I also think it's very interesting, Alex, as a pick, because, like, I remember this was the first Scott thing that I read was like, oh, I don't think that part was good. And a lot of what, whenever I, I read some of his writing and I don't enjoy it, it's because of what happened, what's happening in these you know, five issues is that it's more focused on world building and more focused on like the plot, I, I would guess you would say, but even then it's kind of weak, uh, more of the mystery behind everything that it, it loses all kind of character focus. It loses all kind of like narrative that, that would make it make sense. And it kind of just turns into like, it's, it reminds me of somebody telling me a story that they kind of half forgot and maybe they drank a little bit and they're like telling you and you're like, okay, I didn't know how we got there, but I guess we're here now. And, and, and like, there's nobody, you can't remember everybody's name because the way that they're telling the story and you're just like, okay, I guess I'll just listen to this. I'm sure there's going to be a point at the end where I'm like, ah, I get that. But then it's like, what did I just lose 10 minutes of my life? And that's kind of what this feels like. Whereas the first half felt like, you know, that person knew exactly what they were telling. They knew exactly how they wanted to tell it. They knew that was going to be five issues and they certainly told, and as you stated too, they'll certainly had characters in that story that made it so 
when these MERS came out, you like you were worried about who was gonna die. Like I don't really care. Like if if a MER person came out right now and and like bit Leeward, who cares? Like I don't I don't even care about that, that much. That uh, that I would I care more about that dolphin, to be honest. Just because he's a dolphin, and also he's wearing a swimsuit, which I don't get. Why is he wearing a swimsuit? He, he it's his EMP suit, I think, though. Oh, so he can shoot out EMP. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So, and also, Sean Murphy is fantastic in this book. The last issue, I had some kind of, I think he has some storytelling issues. Uh, but this issue is fantastic. Like, if you're gonna have anybody be like, write a couple uh, two page splashes and show me, you know, like, fifteen different airplanes. Like, it's gonna be Sean Murphy, obviously, and it, and and it looks fantastic. But also, it's like, at a certain point too, you just realize you're just looking at nice art and you don't know exactly why you're looking at it. Um, I definitely have seen panels even throughout these, the second half where I've been like, well, that'd be cool if like you could get that page. But I don't know if I'm reading personally. I don't know if I'm reading comics just to be like staring at pictures. So I don't know. The thing is too, what you said, Alex, it is better than some shit we've read. So like it, it feels very, like wronged for me to being so negative about it. But also like when you compare it to the first half, it's just such a disappointment to like roll into the second half and be like, what is this? Like, I don't know. Like it it has no kind of reflection at all of what that first half is. And and you're right. I've, I've read even more current books in the last year that I think are worse than what I'm reading right now. It is the fact that the first five issues set that tone of being excellent that when you start in, in volume two and you're like, oh, this is going to be just as good. And to find out that the ball got dropped or got switched to the hospital, you got you thought you were coming home with your kid, you took someone else's kid home, and now you're stuck with it. Um, I don't know. I'm excited I, for you to read By the way, if you took somebody else's kid home, I don't think you're stuck with it, Alex. You can bring it back. I don't know. I'm just saying. You named, you named your kid Chad, and now you you have to. You're saying you don't notice till years later. And you're like, he doesn't look yeah. like me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Why? Why is my son not my son? Um. But anyway, I, I'm excited for you, Garrett, to read number ten. Uh, I who knows? Maybe you will think it's it's better. I want to actually. I'm excited to be reminded of uh, how much the ball got dropped, and then you know, I mean, fell down into the pit of the abyss. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to uh, to know. So I mean, then I'll be I'll be in the same playing field as you guys, and I can just like live life knowing I read fifty percent of a good book. Also, Garrett, uh, how do you feel that the giant mur that you're like maybe eventually we'll see that it was based on something real that in this issue it was like they had the mouth wide open, it was just sitting there, and you're like it's just a ship. Like, they never I, I mean, I, I got that ever since I saw the captain in the mouth the first time. I no, like, I know that, but like, it's just so disappointing that like, there's nothing really cool about it. They just treat it like a ship, right? And I'm just saying, from where we were with the first half to even if it was two decades later, there's no fucking way you can turn a biological creature into a ship, especially one. That is that big. I'm sorry, but I'm gonna Alex the shit out of that. That is not possible. Okay. Well, and the thing is, even if you could turn it into a ship for a portion of a time, eventually it would decay. 
I mean, yeah, the skin exactly. And all the it's like an of, exoskeleton or so, something. I yeah, I'm glad someone else is Alex in this shit. Uh, I'm just like it doesn't make any sense, and then that's why I was making the joke. I don't know if I said it on the podcast or before, but the point where all the mermaids show up, even though there's freaking bombs going off, and that's the moment they're like, "Oh, we better come check what's going on." Yeah, <laughs> I was like, are, "Are the are these just little torpedoes? Because they can't be uh, mermaids. They're going to be torpedoes. <laughs> all the little torpedoes are are floating and being like, huh? Because <laughs> usually." Usually, if if you want some hunting Garrett advice, bombs mean run away. They don't mean yeah. Let's check it out. <laughs> <laughs> this is a horror movie, though. Whoa! The what was this explosion? Being... <laughs> <laughs> Hope there's not more. <laughs> <laughs> like that's great. Yeah, you're the. You're, that's when, like, you know, in the first half, I thought they were like very intelligent, like like predatory like the alien creatures uh from the alien franchise and then this scene solidified that they're the dumbest sea creatures of all time so uh, yeah they're not smart at all but which is gonna make no, i know just let's let we'll, we'll talk we'll let about it happen next we'll let it happen because just... oh, okay yeah i just <laughs> we got a lot to talk about next issue we're definitely gonna have a lot to talk about about how what happens, how it fits into the whole overall story, and and as a narrative, what we think about ending a book that way. <laughs> we'll talk about that. <laughs> uh, here we go. Comics coming out for, as I stated before, the uh, 7th. Nope. 8th and 9th of the week. 7th was uh, Monday, Alex. Um, I know you were just confused. <laughs> uh, two Graves, number one, by Genevieve, Valentine, uh, Ming Doyle, and Annie Yu. Uh, Amelia and the man with the veil of smoke have set out for the ocean in a stolen truck. There's a bloody handprint on his neck. She's beginning to worry it's hers. Death and mating go on a road trip. Nobody gets out alive. A new series from writer Genevieve Valentine from Catwoman, illustrated in competing points of view by Annie Wu from Hawkeye and Ming Doyle from uh, The Banks and DC Comics Anatomy of a Metahuman. And there we go. Image Comics. New number one. So I here's the reason why. Like I was looking at this slate of books, and I and want to have this opinion around us talking about this book because I was looking at certain books, and there are certain books in the Marvel world that I am I would be excited for coming out this week, but I don't. I think at Marvel they just have given up on finding unique artists. And I say that like not to bash on the current, but there's certainly a style that Marvel likes and all their books look the same right now. And that, I don't read them any Marvel books. So I could be saying that out of ignorance, but every new number one this week that I looked at and I looked at the art to be like, Hey, what do I want to pick this up is a style that I don't enjoy. And it's like, kind of like that almost cartoony, look like where it looks like you're just watching stills from an animated show and uh, it was like a 1980s animated show. And I say this, Alex also uh, not disparaging the team and T, but like that kind of style, right? Well, where yeah. everything's like round and, and colorful. And it's just like, uh, so I was excited for fantastic Four number one, Ryan North, but then I looked at the art and I was like, ah, I don't know about that. And then I was excited because there was a black Panther one shot and it's from Brian Edward Hill, who I, I enjoy a lot. And I looked at the art and I was like, God, I don't like this either. And so then I said, all in this one, Annie was fantastic. She comes from a 
day and age of Marvel where they where she did Hawkeye alongside uh, Matt Fraction mm-hmm. and uh, and um, shit. David Aha. So David Aha and Annie Wu. Annie Wu did like a, a, a an arc later on about uh, I think it was when uh, it was Kate's perspective, and then also they made a mask, right? Yes, correct. Yeah, and then Ming Doyle, who's fantastic too. Um, and then uh, Genevieve was writing the Catwoman right after um, shit. Who was it, Alex? That we were reading on there. Um, Joel she, Jones. Yes, Joel Jones. Uh, and then after her, it was Genevieve for a little bit. And so, like, I looked at this book and it looks fantastic. The cover looks fantastic. The art inside looks fantastic. And it's a two. It's a two. It's a any comics are a, a team like thing. Like it has to like you have an artist that has their stamp on it also with a writer that puts your stamp on it. And it seems like those Marvel books that I was looking at this week seems like they're mainly going for like, hey, this is Fantastic Four. Don't you want to read this? And it's like Ryan North could write the best Fantastic Four of all time. But if it looks like that, I'm not in. I'm not in. But anyways, this sounds fantastic. It sounds like a little supernatural, a little uh, horror, and maybe a little bit of, of crime. Um and also, I like the idea of competing viewpoints with different artists, and so I'm going to check it out. Two graves. Uh, here we go. Team T Armageddon Game Alliance number one uh, from Eric Berman and Rayo Macario. Uh, tasked by her estranged grandfather, the Shredder, to protect New York City, Rocco Karai. Karai? Correct. Uh, faces her first true test as Master of the Foot Clan when four mysterious Ninja Turtles unleash seemingly random acts of violence across against the city. Excuse me. The Armageddon games have begun and the rules have changed. Will Karai have what it takes to play her part and lead her forces against these strange new threats, especially when some of her own mutant allies are questioning what side the foot should be playing in the first place? Alex? So I, I did I caught up tonight before I put it on the list because I want to make sure that I'm not speaking on my ass. Uh, it's been pretty good as a whole series Armageddon game, including uh, the Turtles ongoing, which is also feeds into it. And I don't know what the alliance is going to be if it is um, just showing Karai's aspect, if it's going to bring in the neutrinos or other characters. Um, I'm excited. I'm also now a little weary. Because the the four bad guy turtles or other turtles have shown up once or twice, and I don't know what their function is yet. They're there, and they're not. You know, Raphael normally has the size. Well, this one was Leonardo, the bad guy version or the other version, and I don't know who the other ones are. They don't have matching colors or anything like that. Um, I'm hoping it's good. Uh, it's a nice step forward to hopefully elevating the turtles back to where they used to be. Uh, I'm just hoping that we don't fall back into a uh, a weird space of uh, not moving forward. We've been stuck in Mutant Town forever. Hopefully, this is the way to fix it. Uh, there we go. And uh, next on the list here uh, is a book that uh, Garrett uh, loves so much: The Death of Superman, <laughs> number uh, 30th anniversary special, number one. From uh, Louis Simonson, Roger Stern, Jerry Ordway, and Dan Jurgens. Art by Lee Weeks, Tom Grummet, and Clay Mann, and Dan Jurgens also. 30 years ago. 30 years ago today. Is that a Beatles song? The unthinkable happened. The Man of Steel died after sacrificing himself to stop the. In- but he, did he die? After sacrificing himself to stop the unstoppable global threat Doomsday. 
Metropolis and the rest of the DC Universe mourn his loss as their greatest hero. To mark this monumental moment in comics, DC has reunited with the complete creative team behind the original event for four brand new stories, led by Dan Jurgens and Brett Breeding. Wait, that's a different... Was his name down there? No, his name wasn't down there. Um, was it? No, but it wasn't. Okay. Uh, the special kicks off with a new Superman story and villain, Doombreaker. Followed by... What was that guy, the, the bad guy that Bendis made? Uh, fuck, the I can't big, even remember. The big X guy with the G? Yeah, is he uh, not around anymore? No, we once Bendis left, that left too. No, uh, I can't even remember. So I'm guys. Yeah, followed by a series of short stories revisiting some of Superman's greatest allies and exclusive pinups done by the greatest artistic talent, including Lee Weeks, Gabriel Rodriguez, Bill uh, Shinowitz, and Walter Simonson. There you go, Lee Weeks. Oh, wait. Why would they they put Lee Weeks down there? I thought he was going to do a story, but he's just doing a pinup. Okay, there you go. Alex, I mean, uh, Garrett, what do you think? Uh, obviously, I'm very excited about this. Uh, this being one of the best Superman storylines of all time. Um, you know, doing an anniversary special. Not only is it, like, remembering what's came before, but it's setting up story to come, uh, which is exciting because I feel like... Um, you know, the Superman Son of Kal-El book with John Kent as Superman has been great. Um, but now, you know, they've brought Clark Kent back from War World. And that War World storyline was long, long and slow. So um, I know that the Superman Son of Kal-El book's ending and there's going to be another Johnson Kent Superman book. But then uh, Clark will be taking back over action and Superman. Um, and so this Doombreaker storyline. So it's exciting. It's kind of like giving um, it's giving the Clark Kent character something to do in the DC universe instead of being on a war planet for a year. Um, so, yeah, I'm super excited for the future. I'm excited to pay tribute to the awesome Death of Superman series. And, you know, I got the poly bag with the uh, the armband and the. uh, uh the Dan Jurgens cover. So uh, excited for that. Cause that's what happened. When they first released it. Uh, they did a poly bag and it came with an armband and a uh, exclusive cover. So. You gonna wear that armband for a week. Uh, I probably won't ever wear it, but I'm going to admire it fondly. When, uh, when are you going to have it by before you come to town? No, I won't. No, I, I ordered it, but it won't get here until I, after I, I'm in town. Oh God. I wanted you to be out in the hunt. Wearing the armband so so those deer know what's up. Yeah, I'll take it off my arm, throw it around my sweaty uh, forehead, and punch punch that deer right in the face. What about? <laughs> are you gonna you're gonna be in town uh, until Thanksgiving? Is that correct? That's correct. Will you get it so, before then? I will. It will be at my place uh, before Thanksgiving, but I will not have access to it until after Thanksgiving. Oh, it's coming to Wisconsin. Yes. Hmm. Well, you know what? Have have the girlfriend UPS that overnight. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> that way I can get it in South Dakota, bring it back to Wisconsin to make old <laughs> safety. It may twice. be worth it may be worth it just to wear it on that trip back, you know, so people know you mean business. Uh, that's true. Brought to you by Rainbow Comics and Cards.com. I'm sure they'll have some poly bags with the armbands on it. Go to Rainbow. Comicsandcards.com for more information. Rainbow Comics and Cards in Lincoln, Nebraska, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Go to RainbowComicsandCards.com for more information. 
on the goods that they have. Uh, including, you know, I will say you're one stop shop for all things comics, but they got board games, they got collectibles, they got even like uh, uh, cards, sports cards. I don't talk about sports cards enough because I don't know anything about it. Um, and they also got some cars and there's some Hot Wheels. Which, by the way, uh, my both my kids are in, super into Hot Wheels. And um, I noticed that they have, like, two different versions now. Alex, you, you have you bought a Hot Wheel recently? Uh, I've put them out at work, but I, I don't get into them very much. So, like, they're, like, plastic-y now. And then you can buy more expensive ones that are actually metal, like the die cast ones. So, like, if you go and just buy the ones that are, like, a dollar or something it's like plastic. And if you go and actually get kind of, I forget what they're called, but that you can certainly tell when you look at the packaging that they're, they're going to be more expensive. Those ones actually are of good quality. Cause I remember back in the day, a hot wheel, like if you got hit in the side of the face with one of those guys, uh, it hurt. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's just plastic. It's, I don't know if it's exactly plastic. Parts of it are big parts of it are plastic. There's still some metal. So I don't want to say it's all plastic, but uh, they replace a lot of parts with plastic, and so uh, we're we're trying to move away from a no plastic world. And Hot Wheels decided to go back. So I mean, you know, Hot Wheels, Mattel, like, we, got pro- we got a problem. <laughs> uh, Gotham City Year One Number Two: Phil Hester, Tom King, Eric Gasper, and Joel Jordy Belair. Uh, this is the second of three. Issues of Gotham City Year One of uh, Sly and Bradley, as we uh, learned in the first issue, the heir to the Wayne uh, fortune uh, family um, legacy. I was kidnapped, and then we found out at the la- end of last issue that Slam Bradley's partner was killed with uh, with Slam's gun. And we open this issue with him getting the shit beat out of him. You know what? There's something that Slam can take. It's a beating. This motherfucker can take a beating. And I will say this: like Phil Hester's art during the beating scene, and 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 like to him just sitting there, kind of it like it looks gross without being graphic. If that makes sense. When you when they when you pull back because you see that close of his face kind of bruised up, not a problem. It was when we got to that full panel of him sitting there tied up. And the blood is just pulling around the um, pipe. Yeah. What the hell? It almost looks like because of Phil's style. It almost looks like they've like cut him, cut him a lot, and he has like flaps of skin that are just like cut, and and just like the way like the commissioner won't look at him, and he's just saying, "You know how many murders we had last year?" And they go, "I thought that was the perfect way of like uh, of seeing how Gotham City used to be the safe place to live." And he's like, all these murders are like accounted for. And they're like four reasons that we can solve. And also a lot of them were for personal things. They were no threat to the community. And now you're telling me that you killed, like we're saying that your gun killed this uh, person. And like, like I need to solve this. You understand that? And then they talk about Metropolis and how Metropolis is the crime rate in town because obviously they don't got the boy in blue yet. Uh, pretty soon. That just shows you that is Batman inefficient. You know, if if Metropolis is the crime-ridden capital of the world, and then the boy in blue comes and cleans it up where it's the safest place to live, 
and Batman comes and that Gotham is still a piece of shit, I think Bruce is slacking. <laughs> well, I mean, he's not not as uh, invulnerable, you know, doesn't can't fly, can't shoot laser beams out of his eyes. Let's say Superman can solve 50 problems in one night. Bruce can only maybe do two. Uh, I mean, when you can fly at supersonic speed, of course you got less problems. Machine gun, he's already there blocking it all anyway. Plus also, you think that Superman is so efficient about what he does that he also takes on other crimes that Batman wouldn't do. Like, I've seen Superman take a cat out of a tree. Batman's not doing that. Batman's got bigger fish to fry, but only because he doesn't have, he's not as efficient to get that fish fried before the cat's in the tree. And Superman can do that. <laughs> Batman throws the battering at the tree limb and's like, "Hope you hit the ground there, kitty." And he's got—he's always like, "I got better stuff to do, protect this city," and I don't think he's protecting it that much. Anyways, that's a story. That's a tale for another time. Time, but it did make me think about it when they were going over this. I was like, "Wow, they're acting like Metropolis is a piece of shit." And when this point blue comes, all of a sudden now it's not so bad. Um, so they beat the shit out of him, and then uh, we kind of get like a hints of Sue. I think is her name. Um, yes, that, so she comes back and says, Hey, they want you to deliver the money, yada, yada. He goes to deliver the money on a rooftop. At first he's like, she's just going to hand him an envelope. So he says, slam says, you know what? I'm done with this, like playing games. But Mr. Wayne is went with them there, even though he was told not to. Um, and he's like, no, you go out there and you get that envelope. Like we're going to find my child this is not your kid, not your decision to make. So he goes out there and trades for the envelope. And uh, they kind of give hints that she is like a maybe uh, a relative or some sort of ancestor of uh, Catwoman. She's got skills, um, which I will tell you, that's like one thing. There's like hints of obviously the Batman, which is what the bad guy calls himself. And then we have this Catwoman kind of nod. Um, one thing I don't like in any kind of media is when you like they go back in the past. Then there's somebody who obviously is like the relative of, of somebody, the person guy, like in back to the future, Garrett. Right. You ever seen back mm-hmm. to the future three, Alex? No. Okay. What the f- Alex? I don't know. Has he seen, have you seen two Alex? No, I've seen the first one. I think with you, Marvin, Alex, you wear the fucking vest like eight months out of the year. And you've only seen <laughs> the first back to the future. Oh my God! No, I'll put it on. I'll put it on my list to do to watch it. Like I even watched Secret of the Ooze. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? You did watch Secret of the Ooze finally. Yeah. Yeah, I told you guys that before. Oh man, I probably forgot. Um. Anyways, in in Back to Future Three, when he goes back and he finds uh Mr. Old uh, Marty, like the old Lancaster. Which is like that movie just not serious, but when they do that seriously, like it's kind of like, hey, really, they're gonna have the same skills. But anyways, beyond that though, I thought it was you know, a fantastic issue, art wise, out of this moon, out of out of this world, onto the moon, mm-hmm. and the story that they're telling. I think making it three issues is gonna make this super impactful. Isn't it six? Is it six? It is six. Why do you? Oh, when I when I bought it. It was like two of three, it said. Hmm. Oh, no, there's six. Because Eric was working right. on five yeah, yeah. when we were there. I wonder if the first three are considered like part one. I don't, I don't We'll be. see, I guess. Anyways, Amazon has it that way. They could be fucked up. 
Um, but anyways, that actually that makes me happier. But I was going to say, yeah, I think the shortened version, like this is not something, and usually Tom King goes to 12. And I think having this six is going to make it nice and contained, nice and compact to tell a story that's going to have a punch and impact that we need in six rather than dragging it out for 12. So, so far, I feel like the pacing of this story is, I mean, we get to the end and obviously they didn't find the kid. And so, uh, we're kind of at a place and he kind of like, and Mr. Wayne gets to a breaking point and he's like blaming slam for it. And slam finally is like, fuck this. And he punches him, knocks him down. Um, and we get to a place where we're losing hope. We're getting to a place where the possible worst thing that could happen might've happened. And as slam put it, he's been played for a fool and this kid, it might have be the, uh, this kid's fate may be the result of, of him being fooled by this. And when you think about what Phil told us at, at Supercon, like this story kind of is what makes the city cynical and makes the city like kind of downward spiral into being that crime ridded city. Like you can see it's doing that essentially to these characters, especially Mr. Wayne and especially to his wife, like the way that, and who knows how they were in private before, but at least in that first issue, you felt like they were a team together. And then obviously now in this issue, we saw that that's not the case at all. Like he, Mr. Wayne treats it as a very different situation than the wife does. So, yeah, it's definitely, uh, you know, it gets darker. I feel like this issue, like I thought the first issue was dark and then this just like compounds on the darkness. Um, but again, it's just such an intriguing mystery. Um, and it's also just really cool that the bad group entity is the Batman. I'm like the fact that, that I mean, obviously, you know, hindsight 2020, but cause like us, the reader knows the dramatic irony, but I'm saying like, to have a Batman and then have someone that is afraid of bats become the Batman <laughs> in the same quote unquote continuity is, is pretty interesting. So I'm, well, I feel like we've barely scraped the surface and uh, I don't know. I know it's too early to say it, but fuck, I hope that we get another round of this after these six issues. Well, I thought that when we talked to Phil, I don't think there was ever an end necessarily. There's an end to the story. But Phil was at least interested if the offer came around to do more. He, he enjoys drawing Slam is what he had said. So I'm, I've am i enjoyed this book. Uh, I know nothing of Slam, so this means nothing to me outside of I'm enjoying the story for what it is. Um, and I do like the fact that this is one of those books that, yes, I know Batman is in there in the background while old man Sam is, or Bradley is telling him. Um but I don't. I like the fact that Batman is not currently in the title, right? We can just see how the cops do it, or how Sam, how Slam, not Sam, how Slam Bradley is doing it. I mean, eventually we'll get to because we saw in the end of issue one that Batman's there, and in this issue, the narration he says he ta- he says something to Bruce. Um, so obviously he's telling him the story, and we'll see that. But I, I, do, I like what you said, Alex. Like it's not solely focused on them, but more of the city. And so I, I it kind of that way makes it. So like, you kind of forget that you're reading a book set in that in Gotham city. And maybe that's why the Catwoman thing kind of threw me for a loop because you get reminded about that. And, and this could essentially be any kind of crime book. Hey, at this point, 
And because it's so far in the past and we know, like as we were, I was talking about with Phil, I was like, it's not really in continuity, but technically like it's so far in the past. Why wouldn't, why couldn't it be? And it's not like they said, this can never be continuity, but it doesn't have to be like adhering to those rules. And so like, it's in this weird kind of place where if you want to recognize it, it, it works. And if you don't want to recognize it, then you could just keep it out of there. I mean, same thing with the killing joke. The killing joke was always non-continuity. And then they started using the Oracle because she was paralyzed from the killing joke. And then it became canon. So, um, it, it, I feel like this might be the same way, especially with, uh, the way this is going. It might lead to future stories. Even if Phil and Tom aren't the ones to tell it, it may lead to future stories based off of what we're seeing right now. So, because I wouldn't mind. I mean, there's a lot to build off of, of, of what's going on. So, yes, uncharted territory, and it's very exciting. So, there we go. Phil Hester, Tom King, Eric Esper, and Jor- Jordy Belair on uh, Gotham City Year One Number Two. And also, earlier we spoke about the Wake Number Nine, um, and we will speak about the Wake Number Ten next week, and uh, finally put a bullet in that Merce head. So, <laughs> or. Will we blow up a ship? You don't know because it it looks like a mermaid. So, yeah, you never know. Or I, I just ruined that joke. Just kind of like the mermaid ship ruined the book. So, <laughs> or we might cry ourselves to sleep. Who knows? Who knows? All possibilities. WednesdayComics.com website still working. Just renewed that URL, so use it freshly. Uh, <laughs> WednesdayComics.com. Subscribe to the show any way you like it, any way you want it. There you go, little Alex. Who sings that? Journey. Uh, Journey. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, I, I, I saw it on, uh, I listened to it on one of your guys' uh, mixtapes that you made when you were young. Surprised you could find something to play that. Yeah. Uh, oh, I borrowed your rec- your tape player. So you're, what would they call them? Cassettes? Yeah. That's, I had my, you know, I had my music on vinyl. Mm. 45. Well. Alex, your car, your, not the car you have now, but the car prior to that. It had a cassette player, right? Yes, because that's how I could play my CDs is that I would plug the cassette tape into my deck player and then plug it into the CD player so then I could play my CDs onto my car. Yeah, that's right. I remember that. Wow, that is some old ass shiznit. <laughs> you fucking know it. <laughs> that was like old technology to like get around. That was the old Oxcord was that, was that cassette thing. <laughs> <laughs> there we go wednesdaycomics.com subscribe to the show grab a, a hoodie it's getting a little chilly out there Alex and I haven't asked you for weeks how the weather's doing who gives a shit <laughs> you know, oh. I did see I did so see this Alex I see this on Thursday the lowest 20 the highest 76 it's supposed to snow in the morning get warm and then the next day it's going to be 20 as a high you you know those um uh, the clamp thing that old people use to grab stuff off the top shelf. Yeah, you'll need that to grab your balls from <laughs> outside your thigh. <laughs> well, that's the weird thing. That so this morning I went to work chilly. Had my vest on. Uh, I was wearing my hunting vest, not my Marty McFly vest, and I was chilly. Went back to work tonight to close up, and I'm like, holy shit! I'm gonna sweat my balls off here. Because it was getting hotter as I went to work. It was 47 when I left. Got there, it was 51. I thought, damn, it's going to be a 60 by the time I leave. And it's just getting darker. So I don't know what's going on with the weather. Uh, I talked to some other meteorologists actually just yesterday. 
And I said, guys, what's going on? And they, they fed me some shit. Yeah, because you guys had your good. annual meteorology meeting, right? The AMM. Yeah, we did. We did. Yeah, you guys <laughs> had the AMM and the AM. <laughs> you know it. Had lots of coffee, falling asleep. But I asked them, and they said, you know, our computers are telling us these other things. I said, guys, you guys can't trust these computers. Just look outside. Snows are coming. And that's the thing, because it's going to snow on that one morning. And then be 75. Like you, know, you know what Alex does? He, he says you have to listen to the earth. So he puts his ear close to the ground, finds a nice blade of grass, makes it go down his ear hole, and then he just listens to the grass as it tells him what the weather's going to be. And uh, uh, Alex is 100% accurate all the time. And I would not I would not uh, go against that blade of grass. I would not. So Respect. Respect that. <laughs> Um, there was something you were saying about it getting warmer. Oh, uh, I was going to state that, um, it's going to get cold and then that's when Garrett's going to, you know, go hunting. So, you know, if right in time, they knew when you're going to go with Garrett. You know what? I'm actually fucking pumped. You know, a normal human being would be like, oh, it's going to be cold. That's going to be awful. But you know what that tells me? No motherfucking rattlesnakes while I'm hunting this year, and I love it. I would rather die of hypothermia than die of a snake biting me in the jugular. So, yeah, <laughs> that jugular is just gonna pop up there. You, oh yeah, it will. Do you know what the force of those things are, man? Yeah, that thing would it jump can't like jump 10 feet that high. high. There's no way. Okay, you would be able- go see a rattlesnake and just that say a little is- higher. Just a little higher, and it'll fucking snake bite is you right make that in the deer head. Into its tauntaun, and so when you cut that snake, the deer open, the snake will then jump out and get you. That thing will jump up onto your neck like Nightcrawler poofs to another location. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, if, uh, there's a game, uh, Marvel Snap, for iPhone. I've been playing it. I so love have it. I. I think it's pretty good. It's fun. It's like a, I, I was saying it's like getting your board game fix in three to five minutes. Yeah. And here's the thing about Marvel. I noticed that they have tons of games that they must have like licensed out being like, hey, make us this type of game, this type of game, this type of game. And I've been playing them, but none, none of them are really like, I play them for a little bit and then I just totally just never go back to it. But this Snap game it has me addicted. I don't know what it is. And like, it's a simple concept. It's a basically a card uh, collectible battle game, and it has very basic rules. But I think it is like you said, uh, Garrett. It's a nice like it's maybe three minutes, maybe two minutes per round, and mm-hmm. I can play as long as I want, or I can just be like, "Hey, let me do this quick," and then I can just move on with my day. Plus, also, there's something satisfying about seeing what ne- the next character you're gonna get. Like, oh, yeah, this? that or like when you get fucked over by a character that you don't have, then you get that character. And you're like, oh, I'm gonna fuck people over like the way I got fucked over. I will say though, some there's like a period of the night. If you start if you start playing like at 10 p.m. till midnight, it seems like anybody who plays during that time is not good at that game. So you can win a lot. But Ooh. and then in the mornings though, it is hard in the mornings. So um, that's when the smart people must wake up. They must go to I sleep guess. early. He must go to see Burley. So that's what I was telling uh, my friend because he's the one who told me to start playing it. And I was like, starting at 10, like the two-year-olds must get on this thing because they don't know any of these rules. Like they'll play something where it says, if you play a card here that has this, like it's like you'll get some sort of negative thing. And then they'll put the card there and I'd be like, you idiot. Can you not read? (laughs) 
It's maybe it's a it's a fake out. There we go. Play that game, Marvel Snap. Uh, we're not sponsored by it, but uh, I do find it fun, and so I like it. Also, like um, making my decks, trying to figure out what's the best what's the best move set. So agreed. Uh, there we go, Alex. That's a game for a phone mobile game. You know, I don't know what you're talking about. Mm. <clears throat> no. I don't mobile it, games that you new fangled kids are playing. I don't get it. I don't know if it would work in your 2014 phone though. So it might not. <laughs> How old is your phone, Alex? Uh, it is. I think I've had it for three years now. That's not bad. But my phone is older. But my phone is older than that. So it probably is a 2014. <laughs> How, how big's the antenna that you pull out when you? Uh, <laughs> oh, you it? got it three years ago, but even then, it was an old phone. Yeah, honestly, mine's an uh, Samsung Galaxy S8. A bro, probably is like 2014, 2016. I think they're up to like 20 or something. Yeah. Hey, so. flip phones are making a comeback though, Al. So maybe Shut get up, back Garrett. into it. <laughs> <laughs> I got the Zach Morris phone from Saved by the Bell. Mm-hmm. Remember uh, the place we used to work was selling those uh, Bluetooth giant Zach Morris phones that you could connect your phone to? Yeah. I wouldn't spend 10 bucks on it, but it was tempting. It's not as old as I thought it was. That that phone, Alex, five years old. Five years old. So it was two years old when you got it. But you probably can't play this game. This game is too advanced. 60 frames <laughs> per second. That phone's well, probably... I'm still like, playing Game Boys, though. <laughs> Well, that is true. You're going back and playing those ones. So you know what? They might you might run. It, you don't get the Pokemon Snap and then get a Marvel game and try to like melt them together and then maybe you'll have this game. Hey, oh, I bought uh, Pokemon Blue this past weekend. So nice. How much I'm did you get for Squirtle? Uh, sixty bucks. That's not bad. So fired it up right away. I mean, I haven't started it, but it worked. So like you know what's out. you know what's sad, Al? What? You could have had that for forty five dollars at SuperCon. I, uh, it was 55. It was 55. You're right. 55. Yeah, so I, I spent Still, $5 five more, bucks off. But whatever. Now you got it now. There you go. You you possibly could have told the lady 45 bucks and she would have said 50. You would have said, fuck you. You know, walked away. <laughs> hey, hey you know, this time I, I realized I don't even need to bargain with them because it's not going to happen. I can't believe you went from, oh so, my you went from being a hard bargainer to not bargaining at all. <laughs> no, like, I, I'd rather not fight. Back. I still do the bargains on eBay because I I have sent out a guy. Oh, what uh, what about that guy who you keep telling him? What was the thing that you're buying from him? I wanted uh, to buy those two foot soldiers. Oh yeah, and they oh, still yeah. had it. Now they're at forty seven dollars, and I'm still like, dude, no one's gonna fucking buy these from you. Forty seven a piece or forty seven for both? Forty seven altogether. Two of them. Oh, buy weapons. those mother effing things! Come no, on. No, no. So anyway, what I was gonna tell you is that I had reached out to a person who had a foot soldier and another Leo. And I had offered 13, he offered 16, and I couldn't accept it. And so I thought, well, I'll just wait. So <laughs> another month had passed by, and the dude offered me $14 for it. I thought, okay, cool. <laughs> wow. He held strong, and he got it. I mean, I, guess. You, I think that's what you got to do with the 47. Hold strong and keep every, like, two months being like, hey, that 47 working out or what? <laughs> you just love me or what? <laughs> See, I'm still here. I'm still here, yeah. but I'm not bending. Let them know yeah. you don't bend. <laughs> I'll take it for 30. Get over here. <laughs> Every time you make me wait, I'm going to lower my price for it. Ah, there he is, the negotiator, Alex, the gambler, Garrett, and your cash man himself, Marvin. See, <laughs> uh, my name is Marvin. I'm Alex. I'm Garrett. Hey, everyone. Uh, keep turning those pages. Mm-hmm.